More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Good afternoon and welcome back to Clay and Buck Hour 3. I'm Tudor Dixon and I am hosting today because Clay and Buck are enjoying some much-deserved time off. And for some reason, they're trusting me with their show, which I think is kind of funny. I actually sent Clay a little text earlier with a dumpster fire, but I hope that you guys don't really think that. I hope I'm actually doing a good job for you. But I am a part of their podcast network here on iHeart. We drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure you check out the Tudor Dixon podcast and follow us on X, on Facebook, on Instagram, all of those places. My podcast, I love learning. I said this to you guys earlier. I love learning as much as I can. And I also have four kids. So learning about the foods that we're eating is really important to me. And my next guest, I love, well... It's kind of scary what he tells you, but I love what he tells us because he comes from a place of knowing what's going on because he used to work for Coca-Cola. He was a consultant for Coca-Cola. So he has kind of that like behind the scenes insight on big sugar, I would say. And he's also the founder of a company called True Med. Callie Means is here with me now. Callie, thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, Tudor. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And it's almost Christmas, so now we're saying Merry oh Christmas God. because I'm in the Christmas studio. I know. You you have to just accept it. I'm in the Christmas studio here in Grand Rapids, and it is covered in, like, I'm looking at tinsel all over the microphone, so I have to be in the Christmas spirit. So, Oh, the, you, the tree's going up today at the house. <laughs> that, no, I've already been told by the kids it is, yes. So I know I have to get back there and, and do that. It's probably not going to happen, though. But anyway, let's talk about all of the terrifying, scary things you want to tell us about. <laughs> about food. No, I saw your your tweet the other day. And, and so this actually, to me, I already said, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So I think that's yeah. also a reason why I am looking at everything you put out. But you said you put this tweet out that said these are the 10 leading causes of death in the United mm-hmm. States and then said if we remove three ingredients from our diet, which is added sugar, processed grains and seed oils, we would nearly eliminate them. So tell us about that. Yeah, so the three foundations of the American diet, I and mean, if you look at even the healthy, quote-unquote healthy food, you know, that you had around the table at Thanksgiving, you, you almost certainly have these three things snuck in, which is added sugar, and we all know about sugar, but 
you know, sugar consumption has gone up 100x in 100 years. A kid drinking um, a bottle of Coke is the amount of sugar they would have gotten an entire year uh, just 100 years ago. Oh, my and gosh. That is terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's wild. And and I think I think our eyes gloss over when we talk about sugar, but truly, you know, sugar shows up in 40 different, 47 different names on the label. And our food truly is 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 weaponized. It's highly addictive, and particularly fructose, high fructose corn syrup, which which particularly um, shuts off our, our hunger cues and makes us want to eat more. So we've weaponized food, food with sugar. We all know that. But seed oils is something we're talking more and more about. This is the top source of American calories. The top source of American fat is seed oil. Um, these were created just 100 years ago. Actually, an industrial byproduct from oil production. It used to be used as oil lubricant and created by John D. Rockefeller, again, as a byproduct. This is the top source of American fats. Um, so you're almost certainly going to see canola oil, soybean oil, uh, things like that, and, and, and all of our food and, and even uh, baby formula. And well, then but the, so the, the, I think the, that I think things made with those are, I've historically thought that things were healthy because they seem healthy because we've been told like, oh, milk is not good for you, drink oat milk. But then if I look at the ingredients on oat milk, it has all those things in it. Well, the point of working for the food companies, the point of nutrition research is to make us think that ultra-processed food, that frankenfoods are healthy. You know, there's not a big lobbying group for broccoli, for pasture-raised meat, you know, for just natural whole food. Uh, but we've been convinced that oat milk, which is literally, you look at it, the second ingredient is canola oil. It's literally manufactured, processed seed oils is the second ingredient in that and, and also some added sugar. We've been convinced that that's healthy. So we've really been gaslighted by the nutrition research industrial complex you need to believe that these poisons were true and they truly are poisons that were feeding us so healthy um and, and the third thing is, is highly processed grains you're inevitably going to see you know some kind of processed wheat in your food and I, I think another important thing to understand is these highly processed grains where you take the fiber off and shelf staple um these things that can sit on the shelf for years um that was just created 100 years ago and that taking the fiber off is actually robbing a lot of the nutrition and really turns the sugar in our blood so the fact is that those three ingredients are the foundation of our diet, and those are not things that were made to eat. They're all things that were essentially created 100 years ago that were not evolutionarily made to eat, and they're making us sick. Is this unique to our country, or is this a worldwide problem? The amount of uh, our diet in America that's all to processed food is about 60%. In most European countries, it's about 30%. In Japan, it's about 15%. So wow. through crony capitalism, and this is what I'm really trying to call out, working for the food companies, um, we don't have a free market where we're choosing the food we want. We have a rigged market where, for instance, big food companies spend 11 times more nutrition research than the NIH. Take those nutrition, you know, the bogus nutrition studies, which say Lucky Charms are healthier than beef. Yes, studies actually say that, commissioned by the NIH. They take that to school boards and they take that to the government. And now we subsidize Coca-Cola, we subsidize uh, sugary cereals and things like that on food stamps and on school lunch programs. So we're actually subsidizing our own destruction. So that 60% ultra-processed food versus 30% in Europe, that's due, to, that's due to the government, the federal treasury, paying tens of billions of dollars for this ultra-processed food. Um, which the loser, of course, in all this is our kids. Yeah, well, so now this story is like we can't change our foods. I mean, if you if you listen to these big lobbies and even pharmaceutical, I would say that they're kind of in bed with the pharmaceutical companies now because it's like now you have to have treatments. They, they're talking about like in, 
interventions for kids that are overweight and instead of changing what we put in their bodies we're going to put something new in their bodies like ozempic this is the biggest problem in the country in my opinion because as i said we're subsidizing this poison for kids where we're unprecedented feeding them you know ultra processed very toxic diets we're poisoning them and then you've got 33 percent of teens now having pre-diabetes this was unthinkable a generation ago the devil's bargain between food making us sick and the pharma system profiting is that the pharma and the healthcare system doesn't talk about why kids are getting sick. They're profiting, right? So the amount of stands, the amount of metformin for high blood sugar, the amount of SSRIs for depression, which is highly associated with obesity and, and diabetes, and now Ozempic, which is being pushed on 12-year-olds for obesity, that's very profitable, right? Teaching a kid to eat healthy, teaching them that the system's rigged against them a little bit, teaching them they have to exercise and eat whole natural food, that's not what's being told to them by the medical system. Literally, doctors at Harvard now, obesity doctors, are saying that the first line of defense for obese children, not, not, that's 20% of teens and, and 50% are overweight, they're saying that it's ozempic. They're saying actually that it's a genetic condition, obesity. So that gets kids trapped on this treadmill right, and more profitable. And these are drugs that you take for life. You take Ozempic for life, you take the statins for life, you take metformin for life. And um, nobody's drawing the line that, you know, the reason kids are, you know, cancer rates are going up, heart disease rates, everything's going up all at once. This is all tied to our toxic food. Um, that's not being said. We're being told that literally obesity is an Ozempic deficiency. So this is a big fight, Tudor, because uh, there's a big effort. I was recently in D.C., and there's 250 members of Congress who are paid off by the maker of Ozempic. It's the largest company in Europe now, a, a Danish uh, company that's, that's paying off lawmakers across the board. And they're saying that the government needs to subsidize Ozempic, $15,000 per year, per person, um, oh, for the 80% of American adults and 50% of American teens who are obese. This, this drug is going to be shoved uh, down your teenagers uh, into their arm. Um, it's I know someone. I know reaction. someone who is taking it just to lose weight too. I mean, it's crazy. It, it's a a young woman too, and just barely, just rail thin from taking this drug. It's just being pushed on everybody. Callie means every time I'm talking to you, I learn something. I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thanks a lot, Tudor. One of the other things that Callie talks about a lot, and I think you guys need to pay attention to this, is that all these food companies are advertising these horrible foods to your kids all the time. And if you're actually starting to pay attention, you'll go, oh, my goodness, my kids are wanting all of these bad foods because they're right in front of you. And they're advertising them to you and making you believe they're good, too. They're not good. This stuff is really bad for us. And, and if you heard what he said, it's really bad in the U.S. more so than any other country. I'm I'm really grateful for Callie to come on today and talk to us. I'm also grateful for all of you listening to us here today on the Clay and Buck Show. Make sure you check out the Tudor Dixon podcast at TudorDixonPodcast.com. Stick around. We've got Saskia Kinzira coming up. She's a new writer on the scene. And a little bit later, we're going to be taking calls at 800-282-2882. We want to hear all about your Black Friday experience or anything that you learned from the show today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. 
and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. I'm Tudor Dixon. I am your host today. And this is a very joyful day for some families who will be getting their loved ones back in Israel. We actually are hearing about the hostages that were released, 24 in total, uh, 10 Thailand hostages, one Filipino and 13 hostages from Israel. Right now, currently, President Biden is speaking about it. We'll keep you updated on what's going on there. We'll also keep you updated on what's happening in New York. It looks like there is a protest that has started up with pro-Palestinian protesters out there marching on 6th Avenue. So as we know more, we will be bringing that to you. But first, I want to talk about a new and exciting website out there for parents and teachers it's called americanclassroom.com and we have one of the writers she's a new writer on the scene her name is Sesia Kanzira. I can tell you if you read her column that is right there on the front page of americanclassroom.com it's called uncharted waters a navigation guide to sending your first kid to college if you have kids you know you're going to someday have kids leaving the house whether they go to college or wherever they're going this is going to hit you right in the heart. I read it and I was sobbing, but it was such a good sobbing feeling because I'm like, okay, I'm not alone as a parent who's obsessed with my kids and wanting to see them do well. So I want to bring Saskia in right now. Saskia, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tudor. Absolutely. So this this article, like I said, it just really struck me because... It's exactly what you need to hear as a parent. It gave us permission to grieve our kids. And I think at all stages, you said something in the article that really struck me. It's like, you don't know when it's the last. 
and you know that the last is coming. But I think that happens at all stages of life as a mom. Like it's the last time I'm going to rock you to sleep and I don't know it. There's all of these. So I think at any age, this article is pertinent to your life and it gives you permission to be okay with it not being okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, you don't always know when it's your last. In my particular case, you know, obviously I knew my daughter was leaving for college, which was its own, own sort of special torture, knowing it was coming for a full year with all those laughs. But yeah, you, you never really know. And our children are constantly changing and we grieve those transitions. So I think this is exciting to see what American Classroom is doing because it's not only combining news about what's happening in schools today, but it's also giving people some resources like this. There's a teacher rating system as well, which I find interesting because I I changed my kids from public school to private school in the middle of the pandemic. And the reason I did that was because I just didn't know what was going to happen. And I don't think anybody knew what was going to happen. Our school was certainly not prepared to shut down like every other school in the nation. And so my kids went home and they just got stuck with Google Classroom and they didn't even Zoom. I mean, it was like they were out of school and they were depressed. And so we moved, but I didn't know what I was moving to. I didn't know any of the teachers. I didn't know what to expect. And this kind of gives kids and parents and a chance to look at the school and see what they're in for. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a huge decision how we educate our children. And sometimes we really feel a little bit blind, um, not knowing what we're getting into and what the options are and uh, who's going to be teaching our children and what the culture of the school is like. So this is a chance to um, get on the website, AmericanClassroom.com, and we have a rating system that we're launching for K-12 through teachers where we can leave a rating for uh, the teacher in the school. And hopefully if enough parents are um, participating, then we develop this resource for other parents to make more educated decisions about a really huge issue um, facing parents, what to do with our kids as far as school options go. So this will be something that can really uh, benefit parents and uh, give us just more information for this huge decision. And you come from this from a place of knowing too, because you've been obviously very involved in your kids' school. And I think we all are involved in our kids learning process, but we are all coming off of a really horrific time with the pandemic and making choices for our kids that we're trying to get them caught up. You went through homeschooling. You've gone, you've had kids in school. You've had kids homeschooled. You've had kids that have had a hybrid school. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about how that will be on the website. Those resources that people will be able to see. These are my different options because I don't even think a lot of people understand hybrid school. Yeah, absolutely. I'm working on an article about hybrid schools right now. So the the idea of the website is to just equip parents with what what all is out there. I mean, there are so many options in education, and I think the pandemic really highlighted that. We got familiar with the idea of virtual school, um, and parents started to see that, hey, maybe there are some other ways that we can do this besides just a five-day-a-week traditional brick-and-mortar school. So We'll have information about what what kind of options are out there because, yeah, there's lots of um, parents who obviously are, are totally intimidated by the idea of homeschooling, but... Me, I am Something like a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. Um, and so for those of us who 
and I'm one of them. My kids are hybrid schools. So that means they go just a couple days a week to um, a traditional brick and mortar setting and get face to face instruction. Then we work on the rest of the material at home. So the website will just offer a lot more information about those, these different things that are out there that I think sometimes parents just aren't aware of. We've kind of, I grew up in the public school system and that's kind of all I knew. Um, so when I had my own children, uh, that's what I did at first sent my first daughter off to public school and then kind of thought, wait, boy, this is a lot of hours she's away. And um, But also I'm the kind of person that liked a little bit of some external pressure and deadlines. So hybrid school ended up being a great option for our family. Good. Awesome. Well, we're excited. We're going to check out AmericanClassroom.com, learn a lot more about different resources, what we can do, how we can be better helpers to our teachers and our kids Thank you so much, Saskia Kanzira, for being here. Everyone else, stay tuned. We are going to be back with more here on the Clay and Buck Show. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Hour 3. I am Tudor Dixon, and I'm guest hosting. While Clay and Buck deserve take some much-deserved time off, I'm part of their podcast network here at iHeart, and I am coming to you live from the Wood Radio Studios here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for the Tudor Dixon podcast, you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have new ones. Or you can go to TudorDixonPodcast.com and subscribe right there. And remember, we want to hear from you today. So call in at 800-282-2882. We've been talking about what's happening in Israel all day. And we know that Joe Biden just spoke earlier today. I was asking why we didn't have see any Americans released with these Israeli hostages. We know that there were 24 released. There were 10 released from Thailand with um, Thailand descent, one Filipino, and 10 or well, how many? We had 13 Israelis, I guess, also. Um, but no Americans. So we've been wondering what the answer was going to be to that. President Biden was asked. So we're going to listen to what he had to say about that now. When will the first American hostages be released and some were included today? We don't know when that will occur, but we're going to be expected to occur. And uh, we don't know what the list of all the hostages are and when they'll be released, but we know the numbers where they're going to be released. So it's my hope and expectation will be soon. Wait a minute, guys. How are we supposed to be okay with this? It's his party. It's his people in Congress that are coming out and saying there's got to be a ceasefire. Why aren't they out there screaming? We have got to have these hostages released. These are Americans. Let me say that again. These are Americans. When you see all of these protesters out there, these pro-Palestinian protesters, remember, Americans were killed on October 7th. They were murdered by terrorists, and these people didn't know anything about Palestine until 10-7 occurred, where they came in, paratroopers came in, and killed people. And Joe Biden has been trying to thread the needle between his pro-Palestinian base and his pro-Israel base by saying, oh yeah, we're going to have a ceasefire because we want the hostages released. And yet today, no American hostages were released. And Joe Biden doesn't know when it's going to happen. But you know what? He thinks that this happened because of him. He doesn't think it happened because the Hamas group is just massive, crazy, psychotic terrorists. He thinks he might have been the cause of this. So listen to Joe Biden talking about how it was maybe because he was working with Saudi Arabia. I cannot prove what I'm about to say, but I believe one of the reasons why Hamas struck when they did 
because they knew that I was working very closely with the Saudis and others in the region to bring peace to the region by having recognition of Israel and Israel's right to exist. Gross. How about we give them no excuse? He is honestly, how arrogant can he be that he would come out and say, I think it was because I was working on this deal. Give me a break. On top of the fact that you do not make an excuse for terrorists to go in, kill women, kill children, kill fathers in front of their children, rape children, rape women. That's what happens. When did we decide to forget that this terror attack that killed 1,200 people, took 240 people hostage, we're getting 24 back out today, the Israelis are, and none of those are Americans. But he's, he's I, I guess he's even going to take credit for the, the hostages that did come out, because he's, he's taking a victory lap. Listen to this. From the moment Hamas kidnapped these people, I, along with my team, have worked around the clock to secure their release. We saw the first result of this effort with the release of two American hostages in late October, followed by the release of two Israeli hostages. I've consistently pressed for a pause in the fighting for two reasons, to accelerate and expand humanitarian assistance going into Gaza, and two, to facilitate the release of hostages. And over the past several weeks, I've spoken repeatedly with the Emir of Qatar, the President of Sisi of Egypt, and Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel to help secure this deal, to nail it down. And I want to thank all three leaders for their personal partnership to get this done. Do you trust this guy? I mean, he's reading that statement. He's reading it because he's stumbling on Netanyahu's name. Did he really work with these people? He can't even come out and talk about it. If he was so involved in this discussion, you don't have to read it. I mean, honestly, folks, you don't. If you are this heavily involved with the leaders who are trying to get people out, you don't have to have somebody script it for you. You know. You don't have to stumble on Netanyahu's name. You know. This is not true. This man has not been working hard on this. Maybe his team has been working on this. But if you were working hard as the American president, then when the big release of uh, a higher number of hostages comes out, you would have American hostages that were released. Do not... Get sucked in to what this man is saying. He is failing on so many levels as president. And just so you know, we have to be aware of what's going on in China once again, because the Democrats are so in love with China. You know, Gavin Newsom thought it would be a great way to show you that he can be president by buddying up to China. Remember, he was playing basketball, knocking little kids down. And he thought that would be so wonderful. Well, he has lost a lot of his percentage points with the american people but but you need to know this because right now there's another flu in china there's something that's making kids sick right now kids are getting desperately behind here in the united states because of the last something that got kids sick called covid but now there's some mysterious pneumonia that sounds familiar but this one's actually hitting kids. So this is why I feel like we really need to be aware of this because in China, they say that the hospitals are overwhelmed with sick, sick children. They have an alert issued through this large database called ProMed, an alert of undiagnosed pneumonia in children. They say that they're presenting to hospitals with symptoms including high fever and inflammation of the lungs, but no cough. Like, I mean, do you know your kid has an inflammation of the lungs? So I guess if your kid has a high fever, you need to start worrying about this and just so happens to be the time when kids are getting sick anyway. So not to freak you out, but these kids are hospitalized. 
They have a cough and they don't have a cough. They have no other symptoms, just the high fever. And then they develop these pulmonary nodules, which I don't know what that actually means for them, but it doesn't sound good. It sounds terrifying. And you know how the Democrats handle this when something like this happens. Instead of shutting down the airports and saying we're not going to bring people in from China, they're going to shut down our schools again. But I'm really wondering how they're going to think that's going to work out for them because we're now learning. We just got the results back from learning loss of our kids that from the first shutdown of schools. And it took 50 million kids out of the classrooms. This took 50 million American, 50 million American children out of the classroom. And it really has done incredible damage to our kids. So now we, we have to say, well, do we trust? These people that are buddying up to China. I mean, do you trust the government in general? Did you know that now they're telling the folks in the military who were released? I shouldn't say released. Discharged from the military. They were booted. They were booted for violating a lawful order for not taking the coronavirus vaccine. So anybody who didn't take the vaccine who was in the military got kicked out. Remember that? Well, now they're telling those people, oh, you're welcome back. So uh, honestly, call us about this. I want to hear your opinion of this. 800-282-2882. Would you go back? They sent this letter out to 1,900 people who had been previously kicked out of the military. And now they're like, you know what? We're, we're okay with you coming back. And the rest of you who aren't in the military, how mad does this make you? Because it just goes to show that it was all a spoof. You didn't have to have the vaccine. Now they're openly admitting it, but they let this out on Thanksgiving weekend. So nobody's going to hear this news that, oh, suddenly the government's like, yeah, guess what? We're okay with you not having that vaccine that we told everybody you had to have. You can come back because we don't have any fighters. I mean, hey, I give them kudos kudos that they don't want the rest of the world maybe to know that they've like destroyed the military by threatening people and kicking them out. And now apparently we just have a bunch of trans people and no one else. But give me a break. Would you go back? How do you feel as somebody who was told at your office that you had to have a vaccine that now you don't actually have to have a vaccine? This is insane. I, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that, but... I want to hear from you. So I will also want to hear from you what you are thinking when it comes to these protests, because we see these people protesting. We see these people protesting right now in um, they're in New York. That's a pro-Palestine protest, as we have these people that are being released today. Yesterday, we had the Macy's Day Parade protest and I don't know if you saw this, but we had these protesters go to the president of APAC's house. This is a lobby for Israeli people. And they went there. They threw smoke bombs into this guy's yard. They were attacking them. They, or they were yelling, screaming and yelling at them. This is at their own personal home. At what point does this get to be too much with Democrats? At what point do people say that this is no longer acceptable? I don't know. We've got to think about it. We have really quick, we have a caller um, in D.C., and he thinks it's time for a real woman's rights bill. I want to talk to him. Mike, are you out there? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes, I do think it's time for a real women's rights bill because this country has 
in a, in a way told the entire world that real women in this country do not matter because of a lot of stupid policies that they're coming up with uh, that are not in the best interest of real women in this country. You got women that are afraid to use the bathrooms right now and whoring their urine in because they don't want to go to bathrooms with boys. And I don't think that women in this country understands that they technically is being discriminated against uh, by the White House in Congress. The moment that they pass uh, uh, made transgenders and put them in a protected class and fail to do the same thing with real women in this country, that's called discrimination. They're favoring one group over the other. And I don't think real women in this country understands that. Why do you think that, that people think- aren't voting against this, though? I mean, and it, like I said, it's not mm-hmm. working politically. Polit- politicians aren't getting on board with this. They're not getting on board because they're not getting paid to get on board. Politics is a dirty game. If you want anything done in this country, you have to buy a politician. I hate to say that. The problem is that there is not a powerful women's lobbying group. The minute you come up with a powerful women's lobbying group, then they have no choice but to listen because they know if they want your money, they have to pass the bill. And if they don't pass the bill, you're not going to give them the money and they're not going to be voting in office. I think one of the best things to do is um, if this uh, radio station can have a town hall meeting with President Trump and Clarence Thomas, who is a Supreme Court justice, and since they like to pick on Clarence Thomas all the time, it Trump vows to make women's rights the law of the land, the same thing he did with gay rights, Trump will win in a landslide. The same well, Mike, thing I, I, with the heterosexual. I think that I think you're saying things that we need people to hear. You're talking about the ugly side of politics. Nobody understands the fact that we've got you've got to have money to get things moving. You've got to have power to get things moving. And we just heard that with the food lobby. We're now hearing this for women. Mike, thank you so much for calling in today. We want more people to call in. Everybody stay tuned. Call in. We're going to bring you on on the last segment. Thank you so much for having me here with you today. It's 800-282-2882. Stick around. We'll be right back. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. This is Tudor Dixon guest hosting. Thank you so much for letting me be here with all of you today on Black Friday. Make sure you check out my podcast. It comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, every anywhere you get your podcasts. And also follow me on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to Tudor Dixon Podcast podcast.com to subscribe right there we have some callers we want to end this show on some good calls we've got a call from michigan i want to get to is do we have michael out there i am tutor thank you hello welcome good afternoon miss dixon first thing i want to do is say uh, thank you for your efforts in uh, 2022 truly disappointed uh, on the results and and across the state of michigan uh, mm-hmm. for that matter I'm still a believer about how 2020 went, and uh, I think there were some things that were brought forward uh, about what was going on in Muskegon, Michigan, hmm. to the west of you. And, where I am. Uh, exactly. And uh, the things I hear on some of the programming that I listen to uh, kind of makes me know or, or even more believe about how our administration, not only here in Michigan, is going down that gravel road, but how our administration in Washington is well, so you hypocritical. Know, you heard some of the stuff we talked about earlier with oh. Michigan with the gun laws. They are passing these crazy laws, and you have to be careful with what they're doing. So Michigan has a, a majority of Democrats, but they just lost their majority in the House. I don't know if you saw that Gretchen Whitmer just sneakily said uh, just before Thanksgiving, oh, we're going to have the deadline to be run in those districts on Monday of next week. Monday of next week, you have to file by because this is the way Democrats do things. It's very sketchy. But I will say, I think that Republicans have to get it together to run. And I know what you're saying about 2020. I know what you're saying about 22. But let me tell you from somebody who ran myself, we are not doing things the way we should be doing things. We're not advertising. We're not getting the message out the way we should be. And the more we say, well, we've always done it this way, the more we will lose. And that has got to change on the Republican side. Now, I want to get to John, who's in Emerald, Texas, because he has something to say to people who are in the military. John, are you there? Yeah, hi, Tudor. Thank you for taking my call. Just answering your question about uh, the invitation of these military members to come back into the armed forces. And I wanted to say there's only two responses. One, they can tell these people to pack sand. Or two, they can tell them, I want my rank. uh, I want to be promoted to the rank I otherwise would have been. I want back pay. And I want my record expunged. 
Thank you. There you go. That's what John says from Emerald, Texas. John, thank you for calling. And Mike from Michigan, thank you for calling. And I want to say to all of you, thank you so much for letting me be your host today on the Clay and Buck Show. Please check out my podcast at TudorDixonPodcast.com, and I'll be back sometime soon. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.